What is the most important posture to have before God to be able to learn from Him? What virtue most opens the way for you to receive grace from God? This is Friday, January 6th, and on Sunday we began looking at the pivotal place of humility in our life with God and with each other. That word humility comes from the Latin humilitas. Think of the word hummus. It means earth or soil. Now to even speak of humility is to go against the grain of the world around us. At the time of Jesus, the Romans thought of humility as a negative trait. They saw humility as a humiliation. It meant weakness. It meant a cowering withdrawal from life and from people, a subservience, you might say. Humility was right for slaves and for children, but it had no place for successful adults. Then Jesus came on the scene of our world and changed everything. Now, as we begin, it might help to define humility. It is not having a low view of yourself. It is actually seeing yourself as you really are. It's that simple. Here is what scripture says about humility and why it is so important for our growth. We heard these verses on Sunday. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Now, we hear the power of humility very clearly here. God's grace is for the humble. We might wonder, well, why is that? Well, you see, it's the humble who know they need grace. They know that they need grace, and so they're open to receive it. Those who think they have already arrived or already know that they cannot receive grace, well, because huh, they don't need it. The problem is that most of us, myself included, do not have a clear view of ourselves. And then if we want to come to know ourselves, we can spend too much of our time focusing on ourselves. And this self-absorption blocks humility in our lives. Here again is one of those indirect ways to grow. Humility comes from looking upon God and his goodness and love. Just as seeing the depth of my wife's love for me has a way of humbling me, so looking on God's love does this even more. I like the way the Danish Christian philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said it, Now with God's help, I shall become myself. Now I think we should put the word no in that sentence, take it, which is true, now with God's help I shall know myself, and we can see that God is the one who leads us into true humility. You see, humility does not mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. That's how C.S. Lewis explained it. Okay, we're making progress in understanding humility, but we need examples. First, let's go fishing in the Old Testament. We have no better example there than Moses. This man didn't seek status or position. God came to him and called him. And the Lord gave him the unsavory responsibility of bringing the Hebrews out of Egypt and then to the land of promise. 
At one point, his own brother and sister sought to displace him, or at least to grab a bit of his power for their own. Numbers 12 tells us about this scene in the wilderness. This is verse 1 to 3. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. (laughs) Wow, that's a strong statement in scripture. Notice what has happened here. The Lord steps in to protect Moses from his own siblings, his family. He's just... He's just doing his job, not clinging to his position. If anything, his calling seemed like an overwhelming burden to him. And the text says he was humble in ways and to an extent that no one else had reached. How do we see this? Well, first he was always thinking about the Lord's people and not himself. He was the prophet and priest for the Lord and often was face down before God, pleading the cause of the people. Often he was pushed to the limit, but he never gave up. Though at times it looked like he wanted to do so, he's thinking about what he isn't thinking about what he deserves, but he's burdened by his sense of calling and responsibility. And on the other hand, listen to his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. Doesn't God speak through us as well, they ask? But they've missed the point. The point is about living in submission to God in everything. That's humility. Looking at Moses, we see this deep humility as this scene unfolds. God strikes his sister Miriam, the primary instigator, with leprosy. And what does Moses do? We might think that he would tell her that she's gotten what's coming to her. But no, he pleads for her, with God for her. The very one who attacks him... God calls, he calls to God for mercy for her. Oh God, please heal her. Wow. How many of us would be like that? How many of us would move to self-defense rather than caring for the other person? You see, the Lord must defend Moses because Moses would not defend himself. Now, I know there are times when we must protect ourselves, but let's look at this humility for just a moment and let it sink in. And then ask, how can we get to this place? I think we get there as Moses did. We meet God. We commune with God. We come to enjoy and worship God. And our attention is off ourselves and upon God. And in so doing, we see that our lives, well, they're all of grace. They're nothing more. And the result is gratitude and a humble heart. Then we begin to see how all the other Christian virtues flow from humility and even love itself. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and acknowledge your glory. As we enter this new year, we seek your face. We long to know you and to be found in in you. For in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.